This is the intersection of faith and the culture, Wall Builders, where we take on the hot topics of the day from a biblical, historical, and constitutional perspective. Appreciate you coming along uh, for the ride with us, and always going to hit everything from, you know, the good, the bad, and the ugly. We're not going to perfume up the, you know, the bad stuff and ignore that. We're not going to only focus on the good stuff. We're not going to be overly, you know, emphasizing the bad stuff. I think we have a very balanced approach. I hope you appreciate that and you share it with your friends and family. People are hungry. They, they want to know truth, and they want to have sources they can they can trust. Now, we always say trust, but verify, right? So even when we say things here on Wall Builders, we always say, you know, but don't trust us on it. Go verify it. Go look at the original documents. That's the approach David and Tim Barton have taken forever, and that's the approach of this new book. It's the second volume, the second installment of The American Story. You can get it today at our website, wallbuilders.com. Get the early release edition, The American Story, Building the Republic. So this is volume two in this incredible series that I think does a better job of telling the American story than anything out there. It's a great way for you to learn the truth about where we came from. What's the formula that produced the greatest nation in the history of the world? If we want to pass this on to our kids and grandkids, we got to know what works and what doesn't work. we got to learn from the American story and make sure we're holding on to the things that made us great and that, and that produced such incredible results, but then learning from the things that weren't so good. So we teach it all. Check it out today at wallbuilders.com. It's called The American Story, Building the Republic. By the way, I'm Rick Green, America's Constitution coach and a former Texas legislator. Honored to be here with David and Tim Barton, the authors of this book, The American Story, Building the Republic. And of course, uh, David is America's premier historian and our founder at Wall Builders. Tim's a national speaker and pastor and president of Wall Builders. You can learn more at our website, wallbuilders.com. And while you're there, you can also make a one-time or monthly contribution. We greatly appreciate your support. We are a listener-supported program, so the more that you donate, the more people we will reach. The more that you donate, the more stations we'll end up on. The more people will study the Constitution and become good citizens, and the more biblical citizenship classes will take place out there. Every donation you make at wobblers.com is helping to restore the Republic. And in restoring the Republic, we got to know what built it in the first place. All right, our very special guests uh, about their new book today are these guys named uh, David and Tim Barton. I don't know if anybody listening to the Wobblers show is familiar with them or not. Uh, this may be maybe first time on the show, first maybe thousandth time on the show. I don't know, 10,000. I don't know how many shows we've done at this point. But actually, no, instead of having an outside guest today, we've got David and Tim as our guest because I'm not going to say it, but my daughter said it. Yes, finally, the second installment of The American Story. She's been waiting, guys. Uh, and uh, so she said, finally, not me. Everybody's been waiting. They're excited about this new installment of The American Story. So today we'll be talking about that and what's going to be available, what's different about this one from the first one. And I think at one point you guys told me you might end up with maybe four or five volumes in the American story before you're done with this. But uh, but man, let's talk about it. So where did you leave off with the first version of the American story, our first book of the American story? Well, the first part of the American story starts with Christopher Columbus. And so it goes from Christopher Columbus. Our intent was to go through the Constitutional Convention. But the book came out not long after the 1619 Project came out. And the 1619 Project was all about America systemically racist, et cetera. And we thought, you know, we ought to at least go through the end of Lincoln and show the end of slavery in America and how good America has been on that single issue. Despite having flaws and failures, she is just ahead of so many other nations. Instead of stopping at the Constitutional Convention, we went ahead and jumped forward and lightly skimmed stuff and then got to Lincoln and the end of slavery and then talked about that issue. So really, the, the majority of the book is from... Columbus through the Constitutional Convention. And this one picks up after the Constitutional Convention, and it says, okay, now that we have presidents, what does America look like? 
And so we took the first seven presidents and we stopped it after seven because those first seven were all a part of the American founding individually. They not only were born before the American founding, but they either fought in the American founding or were elected to office during the American founding or, or had some position at that time. And dad, specifically, when you're saying American founding, we're talking American Revolution, right? This We're not talking 1787 Constitution Convention. We're, we're talking big picture, you know, 1760s, 1770s, 1780s. They're all there. Uh, Andrew Jackson was uh, someone who actually participated in the American Revolution. He was a teenager at the time. Technically, he was too young to be a soldier, but he he got him signed up anyway. He gets captured, uh, is a prisoner of war. Actually, the rest of his life, he wore the the scars that he received from a British officer who slashed him with a sword. So all of them were there, fought for America to become a nation, and then they went through their presidencies. And so uh, all of them had a similar understanding of America, those formation principles, but it, it, it it's so interesting. And certainly the fact that we release this on President's Day uh, could be very telling as well, because as we highlight these presidents, every single one of these presidents, the first seven, there are examples from them that you look at and go, okay, that is what a leader should look like. If we're looking for a president in America, and I know we can flippantly say that, like, you need another George Washington. Well, we really do, but most people don't know those stories, and, and they don't know what the presidents did that was right, what they did well, that they don't know what they really accomplished. One of the things we've talked about for a long time is when you look, for example, the founding fathers, if you look at the 56 guys inside the Declaration most people couldn't even tell you or, or couldn't identify five of the individuals in the painting that the really famous painting of the Declaration of Independence where there's a committee of five and they're at the table presenting that that original draft of the Declaration to John Hancock. M most people can't tell you five individuals in that painting. We know so little about the founding fathers. We recognize their names. And because we have a lot of familiarity with the names, we think we really know their stories. We really don't know their stories. And as, as we unfolded these stories and Dad, you and I talked a lot about this uh, as you were doing the vast majority of the research, the, the early writing on this and the things you were finding, the, the, the discussions of not only what these presidents were doing, sometimes that it was totally different than what we had an initially assumed or what we had learned early on as we're doing a deeper dive into all of their lives and discovering that even we had it, embraced some of the uh, uh, general assumptions about them things that have kind of become standard and really not dissimilar from the first American story when we go through people like Columbus and the Pilgrims or, or Jamestown. And you realize that even though we, we, we know those names, we really don't know the stories. And most people have embraced a lot of the narrative that is not historically correct about those individuals. We do that and found that a lot with the presidents. And as we're looking at a presidential election coming up and we're trying to figure out, man, how are we going to survive? What's this going to look like? We have a lot of really good examples and illustrations of what to do and sometimes even what not to do. What are the consequences of that? And we can spend a lot of time diving into that. Yeah, actually, Tim, you know, before you go any further, I think people should know if they're not familiar with wall builders. I mean, this has always been your approach. The wall builders has always done the good, the bad, and the ugly, right? Not a sugar-coated just wave the flag, America's perfect, never did anything wrong. But instead, hey, America's done things that are wrong, just like any other nation, the good, the bad, and the ugly, in its totality, greatest nation the world's ever known. But we're not going to shy away from, like you said, learning from, uh, learning what not to do as well as what to do. Good stuff, man. That's the way to do it. Well, and this has certainly become the mantra in more recent 
years, the, the last decade or two, because now the, the more the more recent attacks are the founding fathers weren't perfect. That didn't used to be discussion we had. Dad, I remember you and I talking a lot about this a couple of years ago. And the reason we didn't used to have the discussion about us acknowledging the founding fathers weren't perfect is because there was enough of a biblical understanding and culture, the idea that all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God, that, that there is none righteous, no, not one, that we're all sinners who need a savior. There was enough general knowledge of that in the population that we didn't have to back up and and point out to people, hey, we know the founding fathers weren't perfect. The, the general assumption, our starting place was, of course, they weren't perfect. That's why Jesus came, because nobody was perfect. But when we have, have started seeing much more the rise of cancel culture, part of the cancel culture is they want to cancel people for not being perfect. And and they really, they remove that individual from the context of their times or from even the understanding, uh, the, the context of the world and culture around them. So for example, to say that, well, you know, the founding fathers had slaves. Yes. You know what? So did every other major world leader up to the 1700s. That, that, that's the way it was in the world, right? You pick any major hero you want in world history, whether they were a king or a queen, or if they were a leader and they had money and power, you know what else they had? Slaves. That's, that's the way the world was. And that's not a justification. That's just understanding how the world operated up to that point. But then keeping it in context, who were the first political leaders that when they got in charge of a nation, they start changing the laws against slavery, promoting the rights of all individuals with the idea that all men are created equal? This happened in America from the founding fathers. This is part of what made them so unique. And as we look now at a time when we're having to figure out what kind of leader are we going to have? And it looks like we're between a Donald Trump and a Joe Biden are the leading candidates right now. Certainly, we would not have either one of them anywhere close to the class, probably the founding fathers. Although, when you start to learn a little bit more about people like a James Monroe or Andrew Jackson, you might be like, you know what? Donald Trump might be a little more Andrew Jacksonist than most people realize. Although, probably the Democrats have much more in common with the Andrew Jackson philosophy. And, and this is where we go through the book, we start unfolding. Part of what they did, we, we don't make a ton of direct connections to current events because we didn't have to. When you go through things like, like, Dad, let's talk about the post office for a second. And what did Andrew Jackson do when he became president with the post office? Yeah, it's a really interesting thing. When Andrew Jackson became president, he contacted Elon Musk over at X and he got uh, Zuckerberg over at, at Facebook and he got them to agree to pull down a conservative messaging. And so when Jackson became president, he was able to use social media. And then you're going, what, what the heck are you talking about? Okay, let me go back to Jackson in his day. When Jackson became president, he did something that was had never been done before. He decided that he would take one of his campaign managers and make them the postmaster general. So he took one of his cabinet guys, what he called the kitchen cabinet, and one of his campaign directors and said, all right, you're now over the post office. And then he made the post office a cabinet level department. And then after he did that and he had his campaign manager and he said, now you are free to say that with the post office, you don't have to deliver mail that you disagree with. And so what happened, particularly in the South with Andrew Jackson being pro-slavery and uh, Duff Green and others being pro-slavery, they told the postmasters of the South, any abolition material that comes from the North, you do not have to deliver in the South. So you're allowed to censor things in the 
it's the same social media stuff we get today with Biden contacting and saying, hey, you need to shut off the debate of, of these conservatives. You don't need it's exactly the same thing. It's just different technology. But that was the first time we saw that was Andrew Jackson when he used the force of federal government to censor political messages of political opponents on a non-constitutional basis. It was it was really quite amazing, quite unbelievable. And they actually did a, a, a drawing of that back then, which we have that drawing from back at the time of Andrew Jackson, where it shows that these guys are gathered outside post offices going through the mail and they're burning the abolition mail they disagree with, taking the messages and burning it. So that's one of the many things that, well, what we're doing today, it's not the first time this has been done. Human nature, it's the same across all all years, all centuries, all nations. And Jackson was the first one too, who really deviated from kind of like George Washington's idea that we're going to have good leaders from every state come and they're going to be part of the cabinet. Jackson is the one that ushers in this idea that to the winner belong the spoils. And he didn't care if someone was qualified or not. He only cared that they were on Team Jackson. So he began to just incredible swath, wipe out everybody that was in leadership and put in people that were loyal to him, whether or not they were actually qualified for that position, right? And we started thinking about what presidents have largely done when they appoint people at, at, at different cabinet positions and agencies and who's going to be the diplomat here. Well, who, you know, who was a campaign supporter? Who was a campaign donor? Who was out on the campaign trail doing things? Jackson started something that was very contrary to much of the founding fathers. And, and as we go through this book, with every president, there are there, there's really fun stories. Just like we try to do the first American story, we try to tell a lot of stories to help people connect and understand part of who they were and, and how they thought. And, and, and you can kind of draw some deductions maybe of how they were motivated and how they interacted with people. You can see those things. We talk about some of the biggest challenges they had in their life in their relationships and their presidencies. And again, it's very story oriented. And we walk through this and, and one of the, the guide blocks we use, even as we evaluate the presidents, George Washington, as he is leaving office, he delivers his farewell address. And the farewell address is what he encouraged every American to remember. These are what he thought would be the keys for American success going forward. And it's really fascinating when you take some of those key principles from the farewell address and then you hold them up to other presidents. It, it, the, the fascinating part is based on how well they did at following the advice he delivered, it, it actually is interesting. The ones that followed his advice really well had pretty successful presidencies. The ones who did not follow his advice, really a lot of dark things happened under their leadership that when people look at America and they say America was bad and evil because of doing these X, Y, or Z things, anything bad, largely speaking, that you're going to find fall within America in, in the early years, and there's not nearly as much in the early years as later, that's for sure. But it would be when people got away from the advice Washington gave in the farewell address. Well, the farewell address used to be something that every school kid used to read, that people used to have to memorize portions of that. That, that was common in education through the 1800s. Through the mid-1900s, it's only been in more recent decades that schools have stopped teaching or requiring students to memorize or write essays about the farewell address. This was one of the most politically astute pieces of advice ever delivered by a president. Today, most people don't know it. We revisit that a little bit in this book as well. Once we go through the life of Washington, we go through the advice he gave of how America su succeed and be strong. And certainly, as we're looking at, there right now there's primaries in states. 
Uh, people are trying to figure out who's going to be the leaders from from their party on their tickets. And then we're going to be looking at, at choosing a president and senators and congressmen and governors and right state reps, state senators. We're going to be choosing a lot of leaders here in, in the coming months. And there is so much wisdom that the founding fathers gave us in their lives and their letters and in their example of things we should and shouldn't do. It, it really was a fun book to write. And there are so many fun stories in there. Okay, so now I know we have a lot more to cover about the book, but but while we're kind of setting it up, so what do you predict as the series here? I know you guys are already working on book three, and I bet David's got like book four, book five already outlined in his head, at least if not on a computer somewhere. But I mean, we've got a lot to learn about American history, and this is a great way to give people installments on, on learning these specific um, sections of time. I think, Rick, the way it looks right now, there will be four American storybooks that cover from Columbus up through uh, the 20th century. Really, Reagan is, is the, the last president we really cover uh, intensely. And with Reagan, Reagan was really responsible for the fall of the Soviet Union. So now you're into the into the 1990s kind of frame. And so we look at Reagan and what happened as a result of what Reagan did. So we, we get up almost to where we are now. So what we're looking at is the first book was Columbus and the really early stuff. This book is like the, the, the first 40, 50 years of the 1800s. The next book is going to be kind of, well, let's go from the Great Awakenings to the end of, of the, the 1800s. And then the final book will be the 1900s. So it looks like four. And, and it's, it's really, you know, we're going to have breakoff books. There's going to be one with just black heroes and one with go West, young men, all the Western expansion, all the Western heroes. And, and so there's a lot of stuff we'll do as well, but there's going to be probably four that'll be the baseline kind of books. And that is something that I had to negotiate with him because originally there was going to be three <laughs> books. And then as he starts doing more research, he's like, we got to include all these stories. And then it was, it was not just going to be four. It was like going to be six or eight. And he's like, it's a great series. And I was like, dad, that, that is too much for a series. We're going to lose people along the way. I mean, really, I, I felt like four was a lot for a series. I, I felt like Lord of the Rings, right? They were on the money. You got a three <laughs> series. That's what you need. But it's going to be a four-part series. And then, Dad, as you mentioned, there's going to be a lot of spinoff books. We're going to have some. Uh, and these are, are kind of working thought ideas for us, but like Kids of Courage. Uh, some of the the young, incredible stories, young leaders, young heroes, incredible things they did. Westbrook Expansions will go West, young man. Uh, some of the incredible black heroes of American history. There's a lot of spinoff books from so many fun stories that were just too many to fit into this overall idea. So there's going to be four books we think in the series, The American Story. And then we're also right now actively beginning to work on doing some curriculum uh, for the first one. And it's going to have a test book and a quiz book and maybe a study guide at teacher's book. So we're working on doing things. So maybe God willing, by the fall, we'll be able to even have some curriculum rolling out with this and uh, eventually maybe have an entire history curriculum, a history series, something that people have asked for years, for decades, really. Please, would wall builders do a history curriculum? We need this. And we knew there was a need. We've looked at several actually Christian curriculums and we realized that even some of the, the prominent Christian curriculums don't do a great job in several areas. So we know there is a, a incredible need and that is something that we are actively working on as well. So we're thinking right now, a four-part series for the American Story series, and then hopefully we'll have curriculum to go with each one of those four. So it, it could be, you know, if parents want to do them a semester, you know, so 
a freshman, sophomore, junior, senior, and it's a, a semester course, or you can do it for a year, or if you want to start in fifth grade or eighth grade, we're going to leave this to parents, but it's going to be something that hopefully is super easy for parents to pick up, give their kids the book, have them read. There's a quiz book, a test book, a, a study book, a w- kind of workbook to go along with it, a teacher's guide. We want to make this as easy as possible for for parents to help their kids rediscover this because we know if we don't reach a rising generation, th- th- there is no hope for America. And we also recognize that in, in the midst of reaching the rising generation, it's not just about saving America, it's understanding that God's ways work. And this is the example of history. When people followed God's ways and they followed God's plan standards that the principles set out in the Bible, it worked better for them. And we want to lay that out for kids. When, when you see these standards, whether it be the free market economic system laid out in scripture, right? Whether it be uh, the, the, the relational dynamic that God set out for man and wife, a husband and wife. And it, obviously we don't get into that a lot in these books, but it's understanding that what God lays out in the Bible, those principles, when you follow biblical principles, it goes better for you as an individual, for your family, and certainly for the nation. All right, we're going to take a quick break, guys. I was just thinking, uh, Tim, since you used Lord of the Rings, um, I was trying to think of the right analogy. It's one constitution to rule them all. I don't know. Okay, that was weak. All right, stay with us, folks. We'll be right back. You're listening to The Wall Builder Show. Have you noticed the vacuum of leadership in America? We're looking around for leaders of principle to step up, and too often, no one is there. God is raising up a generation of young leaders with a passion for impacting the world around them. They're crying out for the mentorship and leadership training they need. Patriot Academy was created to meet that need. Patriot Academy graduates now serve in state capitals around America, in the halls of Congress, in business, in the film industry, in the pulpit, in every area of the culture. They're leading effectively and impacting the world around them. Patriot Academy is now expanding across the nation, and now's your chance to experience this life-changing week that trains champions to change the world. Visit PatriotAcademy.com for dates and locations. Our core program is still for young leaders 16 to 25 years old, but we also now have a citizen track for adults. So visit the website today to learn more. Help us fill the void of leadership in America. Join us in training champions to change the world at PatriotAcademy.com. Welcome back to Wall Builders. We're talking about the new book just out this week, The American Story. I mean, Rick, I, I, the, the entire break, I was a little bothered because I think the one ring to rule them all was a bad thing, right? Like, that was a bad <laughs> ring. That's we, true. You had, to, you had to take it and you had to burn it in the fire. Like, I, I, that's not the Constitution. We don't want to burn the Constitution? Is that what you're that, saying? I, you know, the, 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 one, the one document to rule them all, that would be like uh, communism, Marxism, socialism, right? That's, that's yeah, like probably the wrong direction. Communist manifesto. Uh, the, the Constitution... I don't know what would be the opposite side of that, uh, but that would be the Constitution. We want the good one, not the bad one. <laughs> All right, so the whole <laughs> right. point with, uh, with with the American story this time is how did we build this republic? What, what was the secret sauce uh, as they designed this system in those first few presidents and and uh, really kind of finding their way into this? And so people are going to get all those heroic stories. They're going to get stories of, of where we made mistakes and where we could do better. And uh, and and actually, guys, I think, you know, there's too much to cover today. So we're going to talk about this again tomorrow. But where can people get the book? Let's make sure we cover that before we close out today. Yeah, wallbuilders.com is the best place to go for people to get the book. Uh, it, it will be super easy to identify. Uh, it'll be right there on the front page of the web. But one of the things that that's worth noting, Dad, I mean, you for many decades, uh, Rick, for maybe a decade less and me a, a decade or two less. 
we've been telling these stories about George Washington and John Adams and Thomas Jefferson and and really highlighting some of the brilliance of their lives and, and how God used them. And, and and I mentioned earlier, most people just don't know their stories. So the fact that we are taking time and, and for each one of these, it, you know, it's seven presidents. So we can only tell so much about them. We, we, we highlight at one point that, that like even George Washington, trying to condense the story of George Washington, I felt a little bit, and this is not to be sacrilegious, but I felt a little bit like when the Apostle John finishes the Gospel of John, and at the very end, he says, if I were to include all the stories, it would it, it would fill up every book. The books would fill up like the entire ocean. The world could not contain all the stories of what Jesus did, of who he was. Well, it, it's a little bit of that feel sometimes for like George Washington and some of these individuals who were almost larger than life. There's so many stories about them. So we didn't tell all the stories, but we definitely highlighted some of the key stories of, of what shaped them, of, of who they were, and the things that really people ought to know. Each president, there's probably 30 or 40 pages on each president. And uh, even though that might feel like a lot, that it's broken up. There's a lot of chapters. So if you haven't read the first book, you go get the first book. It's really, really good content information, but each chapter is only a couple pages. So you, you kind of feel like a winner as you're reading. You're like, I just read a chapter. It was two and a half pages. It was three and a half pages. It really does give you a little bit of a self-confidence boost as you're reading through this. We try to break it down, really bite-sized pieces, make it easy, but we want people to rediscover who these men were. These were the men that that literally shaped the trajectory of America, the founding fathers, the revolution, that birthed America as a free nation. But then once we have the Constitution, once we have these early presidents, they're the ones that put the ship in the ocean. They're the ones that set sail. They're the ones directing which way the nation's going to go. And as we're navigating the nation right now, trying to figure out what's going to happen in our future, this is where we should go back and revisit some of these men, go back to their ideas, go relearn from history the things that worked, that didn't work. What kind of leader do we need? What kind of ideas should we stay away from? The American story, Building the Republic, is such a great resource at wallbuilders.com. All right, guys, we're out of time for today, but we're going to pick up this topic tomorrow. We're going to talk about the importance of this, how you can use this book to teach yourself and your family And, of course, talk a little bit more about the future and where we might be able to go with curriculum and really reforming education, especially history and getting good social studies back into the classroom for kids all over the country. So appreciate you listening today. Be sure and visit the website today and get both the first book in the series, The American Story, and then the new one out this week. You've been listening to The Wobbler Show. 